0: Thank you for listening to the Rivers Church podcast with Pastor Andre and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a weekly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help your daily life. We pray that this message will help in whatever season of life you might be in. Well, I want to remind you as we kick off again on this wisdom series that there are three kinds of wisdom. And I keep saying this every time we open the message. There is human wisdom on a human plane. There is divine wisdom on the heavenly plane where God sees above human wisdom. But then something we often forget is there's demonic wisdom underneath. Human wisdom. And today people have pushed aside God's wisdom and God's truth. We feel we've evolved enough as human beings and we now don't need God anymore. Man is able to be the author of his own destiny. But what we forget is demonic wisdom is often influencing human wisdom, and that's why we're having so many problems. In our culture. You see, we think as man evolves and improves, a sign of his development or the fruit of man's wisdom is technology, but it isn't. The fruit of man's wisdom is morality, and we can see a decline in morality across our world. And today I want to speak to you about the importance of wisdom with truth. Wisdom with truth because we must know how to handle truth like wisdom with money wisdom with marriage wisdom with truth what is truth in fact truth is God's wisdom and human wisdom changes every decade or every year or every couple of months and fashions change and human wisdom changes with that but God's wisdom stays constant and consistent. At one point in history truth was extremely important and people sought truth and they sought wisdom and that's where we get the word philosophy from. Uh, Philo meaning the love of And sophos meaning wisdom, the love of wisdom. But today philosophers embrace all sorts of truth and there's no such thing as absolute truth. In fact, Isaiah explains it to us very clearly in the book of Isaiah chapter 59 and he's almost speaking of what it's like today. He says our courts oppose righteousness and justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stumbles in the streets and honesty has been outlawed. Not just rejected, outlawed. He goes on to say, yes, truth is gone, and anyone who renounces evil is attacked. And the great German statesman, Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, said this. He added to what Isaiah is saying, and he says, wisdom is found only in truth. So if you reject truth, you're actually rejecting wisdom. And so today I want to focus on wisdom with truth, because our world has lost the plot. You know, ever since the Garden of Eden, Satan has been attacking God's truth and the concept of truth. In fact, his words to Eve when he tempted her were, has God really said? And the devil is doing the same today. He's undermining God's wisdom and God's truth, which are actually the same thing. And he's actually the author of lies and untruth and has plunged our world into confusion. And so if you want to have real wisdom, you need God's truth in the world today. In the book of John chapter 8 Jesus describes who Satan is and we can see Satan's works in the earth from this description. He's speaking to the Pharisees and he says to them you belong to your father the devil. You want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning not holding to the truth for there is no truth in him. When he lies he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. So the devil is a liar. He can't speak truth, and he's at work in the world trying to bring demonic wisdom and influence human wisdom, and people are pushing aside divine wisdom, but divine wisdom is God's truth. Now Paul, speaking to Timothy, encourages us here as to what we ought to do in the face of lies in our world. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 15. Paul says to Timothy, if I'm delayed," You will know how people must conduct themselves in the household of God. This is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and foundation of the truth. So the devil is a constant liar, but the church defends truth, speaks truth, and propagates the truth. So, how many of you know if we're going to propagate the truth, we better know what the truth is, and the truth is always God's wisdom. Rabbi Zacharias, in speaking about the age of tolerance that we live in, he said, truth cannot be sacrificed at the altar of pretended tolerance. You know, I'm open to everything. He says, real tolerance is deference to all ideas, not indifference to the truth. We can't be indifferent to the truth. We have to know the truth, and the truth is God's wisdom. So let me give you four things today as we develop some wisdom with handling The truth the first important thing we need to understand today is truth and wisdom are a person not a concept They're a person not a concept and people view truth as a concept which can shift and change But wisdom and truth are not concepts or philosophies Wisdom and truth are actually a person And when proverbs talks about wisdom it talks about she because it talks about it being a person Not just something nebulous or a concept In John chapter 14 and verse 5, Thomas speaking to Jesus says to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus is about to die and go back to heaven. And Jesus responds to him and says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He doesn't say, I have a way, I have a truth, I have life. Now, he says, I am the truth. In other words, truth is not a concept. Truth is a person. And so to reject truth is to reject God's wisdom. And to reject God's wisdom is to reject the person of Jesus Christ. Let me go on to elaborate a little bit more. Paul explains it in the book of Colossians. He says, in speaking about his goal of ministry, he says, my goal is that they, that's the church, may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding sounds like wisdom, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. People are going to reason with you, they're going to bring other concepts to you, but you need to have God's wisdom, which is the person of Christ, in him are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, not just some, He doesn't have a portion and others have got another portion. And so you are not bamboozled by fine-sounding arguments. He goes a bit further when writing to the Greeks in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Paul says there may be so-called gods, both in heaven and on earth. And some people actually worship many gods and many lords. That's their preference. But he says, but for us. You see, the church has to be different. But for us, there is one God the father by whom all things were created and for whom we live we don't just adhere to what he says we live for him and then he says and there is one Lord Jesus Christ through whom all things were created and through whom we live truth is not a concept truth is a person and he is the person of Jesus and we have to embrace him And we have to live in him, and it can't just be something that we entertain as a different point of view. If you love Jesus, you love God's truth, and then you love God's wisdom. Number two, the second thing I want to say to you about wisdom with truth today is truth is theological, not philosophical. You see, philosophical means lovers of truth but theological means it comes from God so it's not what we love it's what God loves and so it's not the truth we decide that we've chosen that we think oh I really like that no we've got to love truth that comes from God theological truth rather than philosophical truth a decision that we make out of the love for what we prefer and God's truth is what regulates our world and what we need to adhere to And if you really think about God's truth and God's wisdom, it's really the expression of God. It's the mind, heart, character and will of God and glory of God reflected in God's truth. And so we can't ignore divine wisdom and divine truth. In fact, the highest form of arrogance is to push aside God's truth and God's wisdom and to say, I actually know better. Because wisdom actually comes from God. It doesn't originate with man. In John chapter 1 and verse 14, we read again about Jesus and how full of truth he was and full of wisdom. It says the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. You see, truth is a person. It's Jesus Christ and truth and wisdom are synonymous. In John chapter 8 and verse 31, Jesus speaking to the Jews who had believed in him said this. He said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You see, Jesus is the exact representation of God. If you want to know what God looks like, Hebrews 1 and verse 3 says he is the exact representation of God. Of God so God is wise and full of truth now Jesus comes to the planet and he is wise and full of truth and when you receive him you receive theological truth not just philosophical truth that originates from the earth in Proverbs chapter 2 it speaks about wisdom and truth and the writer says for the Lord grants wisdom his every word is a treasure of knowledge and understanding he grants good sense to the godly his saints He is their shield, protecting them and guarding their pathway. He shows how to distinguish right from wrong and how to find the right decision every time. For wisdom and truth will enter the very center of your being, filling your life with joy. See, when you get to know God's truth, the result is you discern right from wrong, you make good decisions, and there's a joy in your heart because you know the truth about life, about God, and about yourself so many people are in confusion today because they've rejected God's wisdom you know the psalmist writes about people who don't believe in God and he says in psalm 14 and verse 1 and psalm 53 and verse 1 two psalms where it's repeated and it says the fool says in his heart there is no God Why the fool? Surely the intellectual says in his heart there is no God because he's reasoned, he's examined through science, he's made up his mind that there's so much suffering in the world there can't possibly be a God. Surely it's the intellectual. No, he says it's the fool because anyone who has any knowledge of life apart from God is actually foolish because there's only one source of wisdom and that is God's wisdom. You see, how do we know if something's right or wrong? How do we know what truth is? We have to know truth theologically, not philosophically. We can't evaluate truth. You can't say, well, I don't think this is wrong. What if I came to you one day and said to you, well, can I kill you? Can I kill one of your children? You say, no, that's wrong. Well, who says it's wrong? If it originates with man, surely if it makes me happy, I can do it. And what we're saying today is anything that satisfies us or feels good to us is constituted as truth. When in fact, no, truth is theological, not just philosophical and we can't cherry-pick truth we either have to take all of it or leave all of it augustine said this about truth he said we love the truth when it enlightens us we hate the truth when it convicts us and i think today the reason we cherry-pick truth is because truth convicts us of our sin it highlights our faults and our weaknesses instead of us coming to god and confessing and taking on his way and his wisdom We try and smother the truth and we try and find ways to believe other things. I find it amazing how people embrace evolution and how quickly they say, you know, we weren't created by God. When the Bible is very clear, we just read that God created us through his son, Jesus. And people embrace this and they say, yes, yes, we evolved. We weren't created. But it strikes me as strange that we fight racism at the same time why why do we embrace evolution yet we fight racism because evolution actually was the the place that racism reached its full height charles darwin in writing in his book the descent of man he depicted africans as less evolved than white people and he said people were evolving and white people were highly evolved and black people were poorly evolved in fact these are his words He said the civilized races of man will almost certainly exterminate and replace the savage races throughout the world. Evolution says this about a human being, yet people grab it as a belief system. When God says we were created individuals by his very hand with a purpose and we're all created equal they say it's because of this teaching of charles darwin that mainstream europe and america embraced his thinking and began to propagate racism all across the world in the early part of the 20th century in fact uh, when charles darwin once visited the island of terra de Fuego, he said one can hardly make oneself believe that they are fellow creatures when looking at the people that inhabited that country In fact, an atheist who latched on to this teaching made an interesting statement about Darwin's uh, thinking and Darwin's uh, ideas of the human race. And he said this, he said in his book, Jay Gould, he said, biological arguments for racism may have been common before 1859, but they increased by orders of magnitude following the acceptance of evolutionary theory. He goes on to say the litany is familiar cold, dispassionate, objective. Modern science shows us that the races can be ranked on a scale of superiority. If this offends Christian morality or a sentimental belief in human unity, so be it. Science must be free to proclaim unpleasant truths. So here we find people latching onto evolution as believing that's where they come from. But then we fight racism. Well, I tell you, God is the one where we've got to go to to find the truth about who we are. And the Bible clearly says that we all come from one man. There is no difference between the races. God created them all from Adam. Acts chapter 17, Paul speaking to the Greeks, he says he himself gives life and breath to everything and he satisfies every need. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the whole earth. The book of Genesis says Adam called his wife Eve and it says because she would be the mother of all who lived so christian truth does away with racism evolutionary truth propagates racism but people are latching onto evolutionary truth because they don't want to be accountable to god's truth they don't want theological truth they want philosophical truth that they create because our sin is the key issue in our lives the bible says in the new testament yet again paul writing to the colossians in chapter 3 here there is no gentile Or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. It's amazing how people latch on to selective, cherry picking truth when in fact it doesn't make sense. God's wisdom is God's truth and it comes from Him. In a very good book I've been reading called The Truth Overruled by Ryan T. Anderson, He mentions all the things that have happened in the 20th century, and he says this. The tribulations that have marked the 20th century and continue into the 21st, totalitarianism, genocide, abortion, and the sexual ideology that has battered the family and redefined marriage have sprung from a faulty humanism. I don't mean to equate each one of these human tragedies with the others, but they all spring from a faulty anthropology. A misunderstanding of the nature of man. You see, we think man has evolved. He's come from the animals. And then Darwin creates this hierarchy, yet at the same time, we don't understand why we've got problems, because we've embraced falsehood, because we've come up with philosophy instead of theology. And we need wisdom with truth today. Number three, the third thing I want to say to you today, and we spend a bit of time here, is truth is not merely a social construct. It's not something we come up with per era in order to suit us. It is a divine construct. Truth transcends culture. It's consistent and fixed. See, that's why the Bible is still relevant today, because people say the Bible's outdated. No, the Bible contains truth, and truth is not a social construct. Truth is something God originates in his wisdom and the world is governed by it the devil's goal is to constantly make it a moving target truth is a moving target it's a fluid thing no 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 it's a divine construct otherwise we could deconstruct it and reconstruct it according to our preferences now just think for a moment truth has parameters in fact nature is defined and regulated by truth if you just look at the planet around us water is always liquid at room temperature it doesn't sometimes become a solid at room temperature these are fixed laws fixed Truths, fixed wisdom that you can go by, that you can take to the bank, that we've built our culture and engineering and science have been built on these things. If you look at the seasons, you look at planetary travel, agriculture. If you look at the distance the Earth is from the Sun, 150 million kilometers, a distance set by God. If it was closer, we'd burn up. If it was further apart, we'd freeze to death. But it stays consistent because there's a truth about the way the planet has been created, the solar system has been created. And so we build our lives around these stable, consistent truths which actually have been created in the wisdom of God if you think of the moon and the tides and how the earth isn't flooded and then suddenly the sea is dried up but the moon regulates the tides and the boundaries are pretty much kept in place how God has designed the world with engineering principles you can't just decide you're going to build a house anyhow you like it will collapse and yet we have done that with moral truth we've decided we don't need laws we don't need God's wisdom we will build it as we like we will make it a social construct and as a result society is collapsing. In John's gospel Jesus explains why we keep trying to reconstruct truth and why we don't accept God's wisdom and God's truth as absolute. It's quite scary. He says this is the verdict. Light has come into the world but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light And will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. You see, truth is plain, it's visible, it's accessible, but we don't want it because we want to live a certain way. So we create our own truth, a social construct of truth, so that it suits our lifestyle. And we suppress the truth, the Bible says. Now notice what happens to a culture or a society when truth is suppressed. Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. And Paul here is speaking very seriously. This is, he's not mincing words. He says, The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. You see, we want to be wise, but we want to suppress the truth. And truth and wisdom are synonymous. He says, since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them, for since the creation of the world, see truth and wisdom is revealed in the creation, in the sun, the moon, the planets, the tides, in scientific and and clear laws, the law of gravity. Gravity never throws you up and then pulls you down. It's always pulling down. And he says here, they see God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, And divine nature, they've been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. You see, we've chosen to believe that we're evolved instead of looking at creation and the laws of creation and the wisdom of creation and saying, hey, that's the God we serve. That's the God who knows best. And so we push that down and we don't want it. And, you know, at at one time we understood this. this. This is important. We understood that those who were outside the church, they lived in darkness But today what's happening is we've got people who want to believe in God, want the benefits of Christ, but don't live according to God's truth. They've embraced the world's truth. They've taken human wisdom and demonic wisdom and pushed aside divine wisdom and still want their lives to be blessed. I love what the author Leonard Sweet said in his book Rings of Fire. He was quoting a lay minister by the name of Laurie Hayes Kaufman who said this, wouldn't be all like a religion that has no requirements... Only promises, no expectations, only freedom, no sacrifices, only blessings, no people hard to love, only me, no stooping nor dying, only rising, no structures, only success, no discipleship, only decisions, and no cross, only crown. Now we can't, we can't avoid the truth of God and still serve God, that's not godly wisdom. And Romans goes on to talk about what happens when we suppress the truth and we push it aside. It affects all of our lives. And just like when you push aside engineering principles and you push aside scientific principles and you mix chemicals together and you don't build a building according to standards, everything collapses, the same collapses in a society. Now notice what Paul says in Romans chapter 1 and verse 25, where all the trouble starts in our lives when we reject God's truth and God's wisdom. He says, they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the creator, who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men. And received in themselves the due penalty for their error. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, the truth of God, the wisdom of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind, so that they do what ought not to be done. You want to know where the problems come from in our society? It's abandonment of God's truth and God's wisdom. He explains. He says, they have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, insolent, arrogant. You see, we know better. We're, We're clever, boastful, and they invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They have no understanding, no fidelity, no love, no mercy. You see, what we've done is we've abandoned the creator. We've abandoned his wisdom. We end up with chaos in our society, but then we think we can solve it with political parties who are anti-God and then those political parties talk about integrity. Well, where do they get that integrity from? Where does that wonderful standard of truth come from? Does it originate in their hearts? Is it a social construct? Or was our society founded on God's truth and God's wisdom that got us to where we are today in the world we're living in? And we've been told, you know, as a Christian, if you speak like this, and you speak that there's absolute truth, it's bigoted and it's unloving. You need to be loving. But we don't know what the Bible says about love. And the Bible makes it very clear that love is not just an emotion between two people. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 13 verse 6, Paul says this, he says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. So if you're a loving Christian, you rejoice in the truth, the truth of God, and you don't delight in in evil we need to get back to being what's truly righteous and truly loving not what the world says is righteous and loving you know one of the oldest books of the bible the book of job a man called job is described and i want you to see what the bible says about how he lived it says in chapter 1 and verse 1 in the land of us there lived a man whose name was job this man was blameless and upright well what does that mean it says he feared god and shunned evil You see, you don't just live a good life and blameless. Now, what does it mean to be blameless? You fear God, you respect God, you honor God, but you shun evil. So to embrace God's wisdom and God's truth is not to be tolerant. It's to say, sorry, I can't agree with that. I have to embrace what he says rather than what society constructs and says is actual truth. And we live in a crazy culture today where it's more evil to judge evil than it is to do evil. And we need to get back to God's truth. Tolerance is the great virtue of the day and judgmentalism is the great sin. And it's up to us as a church to promote the truth. You know, Sidney J. Harris, the author, said this. He said, one way to distinguish truth from all its counterfeits is by its modesty. Truth demands only to be heard among others, while its counterfeits demand others be silenced. Isn't that what's happening today? People get angry when they hear God's truth and they want to cancel us out and attack us. This is true truth, just wants to be heard. But today it's no longer that. People want to silence the church. In a book called Redefining the Truth by David Foriazo, he says our feelings change and shift with moods, circumstances and relationships. Should our feelings be the final arbiter of truth? There must be objective evidence, apart from our personal experience, something outside ourselves that determines what is true or we're in a lot of trouble. You see, we base everything on how it feels. If it feels good, it must be right. If I feel a certain way, that must be true. And today people have so many challenges with the way they feel. They feel they're not male. When they are male, they feel they're female. And so feelings govern what people do with their lives when in fact the scriptures tell us clearly that God created male and female. And we can't redefine truth according to feeling. And truth is not a social construct. It is a divine construct. The great British pastor Thomas Adams said this. He said, as God by creation made two of one, So again, by marriage, he made one of two. Everything originates with God, our sexuality, our thinking, our truth. God made two people from one man, Adam, and in marriage, he brings them back again. God is the one who authors these things. We can't just make them a social construct and decide that we think is truth because we feel it's the truth. We have to realize that divine wisdom and truth come from God. Number four, as we begin to move to a close, and I'll do this as quick as I can. Truth has to be defended as it's wisdom under assault. And if wisdom's being assaulted, truth has to be defended. And I love this quote by Walter Scott. He was a Scottish historian. He said, a rusty nail placed near a faithful compass will sway it from the truth and wreck the Argosy. If you don't know what Argosy is, it's a merchant ship. And he says, you just put a rusty nail near it and the whole compass will go off track and things will go wrong. And, you know, today we have to defend truth because we've got something called fake news. News that's being sold to us as truth in order to influence our opinions politically and socially and morally. We have to really know what the truth is and we have to defend it. Otherwise, we're going to be swayed. Recently, Netflix brought out a movie called The Social Dilemma. And many of us have watched it and found the movie pretty amazing. It's a docudrama about all the different developers from the different platforms that have been created. Google, Netflix, Instagram, Facebook. And one of the former Google design ethicists and a co-founder of the Center for Humane Technology, Tristan Harris, has worked on designing Instagram and, and has worked with Google. He's speaking up now about the dangers they see of social media and how social media tracks us and then manipulates us and gives us truth but truth that we want not the truth because actually google and instagram and facebook don't know the truth in fact if you are on facebook and you're a flat earther it won't say anything it'll just connect you to other flat earthers reinforcing your error and they're going to say that if you go onto your social media and you're a climate denier then every time you search climate change, it'll say climate change is a hoax. If you're a climate change advocate, it'll say climate change, the earth is in danger. And it gives you what you want. And he spoke about truth and saying how this is such a difficult thing to solve. He even appeared before the Senate committee and spoke uh, to the American government about this problem. And I want to quote him here because he says, if we don't agree on what is true or that there's such a thing as truth, we're toast. This is the problem beneath other problems. Because if we cannot agree on what's true, then we can't navigate out of any of our problems. He's really saying that Google doesn't have any truth. And in fact, another woman who spoke on here, Kathy O'Neill, she's a data scientist. She's the author of Weapons of Math Destruction. She said people talk about AI or artificial intelligence as if it will know the truth ai is not going to solve these problems ai cannot solve the problems of fake news google doesn't have the option of saying oh this is conspiracy is this truth because they don't know what truth is they don't have a proxy for truth that's better than a click so in other words we're on social media we're on these platforms but they're basically manipulating us, telling us things we want to hear, influencing people politically and socially and morally, and people go along with it and go along with it. In fact, we never defend the truth. Now, the early church faced the exact same assault on truth that we're facing today, and they had to be called in to defend the truth. Jesus' brother Jude wanted to write a letter to encourage the church, and in Jude chapter three, he explains himself. He says, dear friends, I had been eagerly planning to write to you about the salvation we all share. In other words, I wanted to rejoice with you over the fact that we're Christians. He says, but now I find that I must write about something else, urging you to defend the truth that God has entrusted once for all time to his holy people. He says, I say this, because some ungodly people have wormed their way into your churches saying that God's marvelous grace allows us to live immoral lives. Isn't that what's happening today? People say you can be a Christian. You know, God's grace is sufficient. You just, you, as long as you believe in Jesus, it's fine. He's saying, no, no, no. There's a truth about the way you live. And you can't just live as, as you like. We have to be defenders of truth because truth is God's wisdom and you can't live a lie. You have to live the truth and you have to live the wisdom of God and we have to be defenders of truth. If you study the coins in the UK, you'll see that they've got the letters on them FD Uh, and it's Fideo Defensor, which means that the queen is the defender of the faith sometimes it's just fd sometimes it has it abbreviated and as head of the anglican church she's considered to be the defender of the church well she isn't the church is the defender of the truth each individual christian and prince charles as the heir apparent is supposed to be the defender of the faith well in 1994 he came out and said he'd like to tweak the title. And he says uh, he didn't want to elevate Christianity over Islam or over Hinduism or over Wicca, which is actually witchcraft or black magic or, or Satanism. And he said this, he said, I personally would rather see it as defender of faith than defender of the faith. You see, everything's being tweaked and changed. It's becoming a social construct because we don't want to offend anybody. But God's truth and God's wisdom go hand in hand. And we need to be people who defend the truth. You say, Pastor sorry, this is a heavy message. This, gosh, it, does the church have to go down this road? Yes, it's the pastor and the church's responsibility to teach the truth because people don't know what truth is. And God's truth has to be defended. It says in Malachi chapter 2 speaking of the role of a pastor in today's world and it says for the lips of a priest ought to preserve knowledge because he is the messenger of the Lord Almighty and people seek instruction from his mouth. How can we compromise on truth when we ought to be messengers of truth? In 3 John 3 John delights in the truth and he's glad that people are faithful to the truth. He says, it gives me great joy when some believers came and testified about your faithfulness to the truth, telling how you continue to walk in it. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth you see the truth is like a path or a roadway it's a guide and Jesus spoke about the narrow door and the narrow way and sometimes we're called narrow-minded as if it were an insult no it's a compliment it means we stick to the safe guided path that takes us God's way and brings us God's wisdom people say you're so narrow-minded you need to be broad-minded well broad-mindedness leads to destruction And as we come to a close today, I want to encourage you to to not listen to the lies that are being told today and the many truths that have become social constructs, but to embrace God's truth and to study the Bible. William James said this. He said, there's nothing so absurd that if you repeat it often enough, people will believe it. And we are being told the same lies over and over today. It's no wonder that Christians lack wisdom because we've not embraced God's truth I read a fascinating story about the Spanish Civil War in 1939 as it was beginning to come to a close a famous general by the name of General Mola was outside the city of Madrid and he was about to invade the city and the Spanish Civil War would come to an end and he was asked because he had four columns of soldiers which column would attack first and his answer became world famous. He said, the fifth column. And for a moment, you could think, well, you've only got four columns. And when they asked him, what do you mean, sir? He said, the fifth column are those inside the city who are traitors to that city, who are on my side, who will begin to create chaos inside, so that by the time my soldiers invade the city, it will be defeated. In other words the rebel sympathizers that are inside the city were his fifth column in defeating that city and today we can't have Christians who are inside the church of God who are sympathizing with untruths with lies. We need to understand what the wisdom and the truth of God is and we need to defend it and we need to come back to it because it's so easy to drift away. I want to ask you today Are you drifting from the truth? Have you lost sight of the truth? Or are you embracing the truth? Because the truth of God is God's wisdom. One last verse as I read here from James chapter 5. James says, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death. And cover over a multitude of sins. From this passage we can see that it's easy to wander from the truth. But those of us that hold on to the truth must help others come back to the truth. Because the truth of God is the wisdom of God. I wonder where you find yourself today. Have you wandered from the truth? Come back to it, embrace it and live in the light and say, Lord, your way is best, your truth is right. Even if it brings me into conflict with other people. You know we've got to put truth above friends even about family, and we've got to embrace God's truth. Maybe today you've never embraced God's truth. It's because you've lived your life your own way. And what God's calling you to do is to come away from your own way of life, from the social constructs of a way of life, and to embrace the truth of God and to give your life to Jesus. Because Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We hope you have been blessed and inspired by this message.